welcome to the Coffee with Casey podcast, the podcast where we sit down with a cup of coffee, talk about life, motherhood, and more. So let's grab a cup of coffee, pass off a little encouragement, and figure out motherhood and life as we go along. Hi, I'm Casey. Welcome to the Coffee with Casey podcast. I am so glad that you are here. And I'm very excited about this week's episode because I have my husband here, Mackenzie. Hello. And we are going to talk about mental health. Um, but before we dive into that very exciting topic, um, we... Is it not an exciting topic? <laughs> it is an exciting topic. <laughs> I'm just being a little sarcastic. Um, it's kind of my thing. It's very exciting. I'm very excited. But before we begin, I wanted to let you know that I have prints in my print shop for purchase. If you want to purchase them, one is the Mama Mantra and the other is a butterfly print note card. You have seen these prints in person. I have. They you can testify. They're they're very nice. They're very they're <laughs> I mean I mean really I mean you do a great job. There I want you. a Thank um, you. daddy mantra. <laughs> dad mantra. Yeah. Well, the first one I made has mom and dad on it. So, yeah, it says the same stuff, doesn't it? Like it does. It's just in like my handwriting. The original one yeah. is. You can they're, actually purchase both on my website. Um, but very good. They're very nice. The the second one I I redid to make it a little um a little I feel like nicer, but I don't yeah. Know. That, I mean, Anyways, they're, they're, and it's they're... just for moms. But the second one is. But the first one is still available on my site, and it's for moms and dads. Because right. I don't want to leave anybody out. It's cool. It's great. Great, I for, mother. always great for mothers. I can also day. customize it, I'm sure, if like you are just a mom or just a dad, whatever. So anyways, that's a different topic for a different time. Um, so this, um, just catching up, life lately, what have we been up to? Not a whole lot, I guess, but... We went for a bike ride. Uh, we did go for a bike ride. I feel like last time um, I came on this podcast was a long time ago and we went on a bike ride. I think I did something for Christmas, but it was like, I remember talking about us going on a bike ride, um, mm -hmm. but we did that and it was cool. And I had yes. towed our child uh, <laughs> yes. for about six months. You were the miles. designated person to pull her in the bike trailer and, um, you know... I, when we were done, I said, you said, do you feel like you got to work out in? And I said, yeah, I, I really do. I was like, I, I feel like I did really good. Like I didn't stop very much. I was like, what about you? <laughs> you were like, yeah, I had to pull like extra 40 pounds of weight. <laughs> yeah, because she weighs what, like maybe 25. And then that yeah. thing is, is at least 20 pounds, probably more. Yeah. Um, and, but it, it's, it's usually when we <clears> do that route, like around the, the trail, I really don't feel like I like I barely sweat. Like I don't yeah, feel like I've done. It's kind of a short trip. Hardly anything. We do a portion um, of the Greenway Trail and um it's almost six miles. It's yeah. like five and five point seven. Yeah. It's um, not that bad. Yeah, it's definitely feeling it pulling her behind me the yeah. whole time. So. On a bike, yeah, pulling. I mean, I carried her in Colorado. You did. On my back. That was very impressive. Hiking. So I know how it feels. And refused help. Yes. Would still like to put that out there in the world. Of... <laughs> well, I wanted to say that I could do it. But anyways. I know. I know. And it was, and you did it. It was really, I felt like I accomplished something. Because it truly, she is very tiny, but 
the equipment that you have. <laughs> <laughs> the equipment to, weighs more than her. Yes. <laughs> you have to put her in is like really heavy. So mm. anyways, and she was like kicking me like not kicking me like she was just like just having a good time. Yeah. She was like but this time, go go, you know, like she wanted not, me to this keep time, going. She did not seem to be having a good time. No, just... she didn't. We had, we had to put a helmet, a bike helmet on her because I read that it's like recommended that they wear a bike helmet even when they're in the bike trailer, which I understand. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that she needs to, but yeah. she hated. The she bike hated helmet. the bike helmet. Cried at but, first, but then the, it was almost like the the transition from I hate this, I'm mad, and I'm going to cry about it to I've accepted defeat, <laughs> yes. and I now will slump in this in this wagon <laughs> and will stare at the ground yes. for the entire time and yes. just slump in this helmet and not move and so. Yes. Really, until we ended up taking the helmet off of her for like the last like mile and a half, and then yeah. she she like perked up and and then like she seemed to really enjoy. Happy. She's reading her book. She was, she was like book. eating her snacks, but and the first like, like four and a half miles, she was very was defeated. Like, <laughs> the first like four miles, you like go up hills, and I don't know. I just the felt... last bit was very straight and very yeah. safe. So yeah, but we've got to figure out a way to get the helmet on there so that she can. I think it was too like too big on her, and it was yeah. like. Because it's like falling down in front of her face, yeah. and she it made her look even more you sad. You have to like lean. She has to like lean up against the back, and I think that it kind of knocks it down maybe a little bit. Yeah. And I was trying not to get it too tight, but also you know. So you need to adjust it a little bit. Oh gosh! I mean, yeah. I don't really like wearing a bike helmet either, but I have fallen on my bike and. Yeah. No, I. You, I, you need a helmet. I if definitely you're in a bike wreck for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you got the pool out this week. <laughs> oh, the pool! I was like, the, "What are you talk- the talking pool, about?" The pool, the our, yes, our COVID got- inflatable pool. Yes. So I got well. Actually, I got that pool when I was pregnant. I think. Mm. Which, Which I guess still, still in yeah, COVID times, I mean, but twenty-one. I tried to get one in twenty twenty, but I could not find one because they were like sold out everywhere. Um. And yeah, it was, um, I got it in 2021 at Academy Yeah. and I remember in 2020 they were, I couldn't find one like under like $50 or something, but now you can find them for like pretty cheap, like 20 bucks or even cheaper. Yeah, I yeah. I have not. I'm not regularly Anyways. browsing pools. So I don't <laughs> well, know. I'm just saying that <laughs> it's a pretty inexpensive okay, yeah. thing well, to, to purchase nice thing for now. the summer. And ours is pretty big. It's like a family size inflatable sure. pool. Um, and last summer she loved the pool, splashed around, had so much fun. And this summer I bought her some new swimsuits. I was so excited, and I was like, "We're gonna have a great time." This is going to be what we're going to do like this summer. Like we're going to be out this pool. Hated it. <laughs> Absolutely hated the pool. More than the helmet. More than the helmet. Cried, screamed, um, was scared. And anyways, and we ended up, she really liked eating popsicles outside, but did not like the pool. So we've got to figure out how to ease our way into the pool again because didn't did not like it. but. So yeah. that may be out this summer. But we can we keep trying. We we'll keep, keep trying. Pool. Yeah, I keep think maybe going. if we all go out there and like maybe we get in it first. I don't know. 
Because yeah. I was just like trying to put her in it first thing, and I don't know. Maybe it was too much. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> overwhelming. I mean, how would you feel? I mean, she like, I don't know, down. She doesn't remember much, obviously, but I, I doubt she has any memory of the the previous pool experience. Oh, yeah, you no. Know, last like the first summer time that like... you've ever been dunked into a cold pool of water in a yeah. place where it's usually not there, that's probably horrifying. So, geez. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it wasn't even that deep. Anyways, but no. And then she went out. She kept going, out, out. Not refreshing. And I was like, I'm so sorry. This is very traumatizing, apparently. <laughs> so, anyways. We'll yeah, I just held her there for a long time because she was just sad. <laughs> it was really sad. But the popsicles in the end made up for it. So it was fine. But yeah, she even asked to go inside with her popsicle at mm. first. And I was like, I'll compromise with you. We can eat the popsicle out here, but we don't have to get back in the pool. <laughs> and she was like, deal. <laughs> she seemed to be okay afterwards. Yeah. So yep. yeah. But anyways, that's kind of what's been going on with us, trying the pool, biking, all the things. Watching a lot of TV and We hockey. have, oh my gosh, we watch, we're going to do an episode. We probably shouldn't spend too much, I guess we probably talk a long time about stuff. But. Okay, but we did watch a show though. We've watched two things the last two nights that have been pretty good. We watched a documentary <laughs> on... You need to watch it. If It's a short documentary. It's about an hour and 15 yeah. minutes. And it's about this couple that they met right before the pandemic. So March of 2020. They had gone on two dates. And the two dates went really well. And their third date, they're like both like, or he is like a very like adventurous person. Like he's like a travel vlogger. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. And he like traveled a lot. Like. It wasn't super out of the ordinary for him to suggest this, but they were just kind of like joking around, I think. And they're like, we should go to Costa Rica for our third date. And then they did. <laughs> they went to Costa Rica for their third date, which I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, and they're stuck, stuck there for anyways, months. But yes, the pan. So they left like the week that the world was about to shut down, I think. March 17th. No, that yeah. was like the weekend that like the NBA shut down. Yeah. But they were like, I'm sure it's fine, like, whatever. And they get over to Costa Rica. They're, they're there, like, for... They were only supposed to be there for, like, four days. They ended up staying there for a total of, like, three months, I think. Yeah. Because their flights were canceled. There were no flights into America during that time. Like, you couldn't get out of the country. Anyway, so... It, or into the country. But, um... Yeah, but they were basically complete strangers, and they ended up um, basically on a three-month-long vacation. <laughs> so that's what the documentary is about. Yeah, and he was, like, a travel good. vlogger, and so um, he videoed, like, the whole thing. So they had all this footage from their vacation, and they used that as part of the documentary. But anyways, it was, it was very interesting, and I thought, like, what a... It led me to feel... <clears throat> like in a weird way like really nostalgic for the pandemic mm. obviously it was a horrible time and right. like terrible terrible things happened in yes. many different ways uh but there's there was something just about those three months of 
bigger <laughs> and like we could die or like we are just gonna stay here and the, like I don't know there's something like really just like being inside and being together and figuring out what yeah. we're gonna do every day and not really working and it was just a once in a lifetime thing we'll probably hopefully never happen again well um, I would say it's just really I don't know yeah. it's just it's just wild so it was weird seeing that again and be like oh yeah, yeah. like I remember doing stuff like stuff that they did you know like kind of thinking the yeah. same way and just like. Yeah. And just thinking like, oh, like, I'm sure it's not going to be that long. And yeah, and they end up being like, I think they just this past week declared that it was like yeah. officially over or whatever. But and for me, I'm a, I'm a big introvert and I love being at home. And yeah. so it was kind of awesome to for that to be like just yeah, great for you. Though I really <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> I really struggled throughout the pandemic, which we're going to talk about in the mental health. Uh, oh, segue. <laughs> yes, segueing. And my mental health w was not good during uh, the pandemic. I was so nervous about getting sick and getting somebody else sick. I mean, I. Yeah, I was convinced that I had it like literally every day. And then we finally got it uh, last year, I think. Year before yeah. last. Oh, year before last. Our daughter. Wait, no, it was last. It was last January. I don't know. It was, it was last, last January. Yeah. <laughs> Our daughter yeah, brought, it, her. brought it home from daycare. She's the one that gave it to us. Mm. <laughs> and um, yeah. We did it. Um, we were we were so worried about giving it to her, and then she gave it to us. She gave it to us. It was us. all her fault. It's all her fault. <laughs> I mean, kids, they bring in the sicknesses as for sure. She is the reason we get sick a lot. <laughs> but <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, we're gonna talk about um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And that is important to us for many reasons. One of us struggles with mental health issues, and one of us um, helps mental health. <laughs> I, I mean, I was definitely no, had, I my, you, had my own as well. Yes, you do as well. I was just saying. But, <laughs> um, Mackenzie is a licensed therapist. Uh, what what is your official degree? Uh, so I, it's official title is I'm a <clears throat> psychotherapist, uh, yeah. and that is a master's level degree. This is usually kind of the spiel that I give people at the very beginning of like, like an intake session is that a psycho it's psychotherapist, master's level degree. I'm not a doctor. Um, I have an LPC, which stands for licensed professional counselor. Um, and I also have certifications through the Academy of Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. The most important piece of that is LPC, which is my therapist Like, you license. have to have yeah, that right, to right, be, like, right. a license. I mean, you can practice as an LAC yeah, for so, a while, but which so, is an associate. Right. So the difference yeah. between those two things is um, licensed associate counselor is the type of license that you can get right out of graduate school. So, like, you finish graduate school. And you go and you you take your test. You have to take two tests to be a counselor. You can also be a therapist and be a social worker and have a social work degree. Mm -hmm. They do the exact same thing, but are taught mostly the same stuff. 
um and just kind of they have different boards and different licenses but they do the same stuff Mm -hmm. um and a social worker can also do a couple of different other jobs other than be a therapist um but as soon as you get out of graduate school you can get uh, a licensed associate counselor license after you pass both your exams um and then once you have that uh you cannot see anyone that has insurance so you're allowed to practice therapy uh, but basically, you're only allowed to accept cash or Medicaid, which mm. a lot of kids have. Um, and so most people, whenever they get out of the graduate school, they go right into like seeing kids or they don't make any money for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get your LPC after supervision. So once you get your licensed associate counselor license in order to get an LPC, licensed professional counselor, you have to do supervision and you mm-hmm. have to do 3000 hours worth mm-hmm. of supervision. Um, so that can take anywhere between two to three years. I think it took me about two and a half years. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you get your LPC and that's as high as you can go. Uh, unless you want to become a talk doctor, but as a therapist, there's really no point in being a doctor. I had someone tell me one time that like the only reason to be a doctor as a therapist is if your job requires it or if your ego requires it. So it's, it's really not. Oh, I think it would be real. I mean, I think it's it's. But it's just not something. It's it's a doctor that's mm-hmm. a therapist is going to do the same exact thing that someone that has an LPC is going to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're not they're not going to do different. They're not right, going to do anything right, different. Right. Um, but um, I think a lot of times people don't realize how much school and time goes into being a therapist and yeah so total it, it takes it took me a total of nine years yeah. so if you count you know, four years of undergrad mm-hmm. about two and a half years of uh graduate school mm-hmm. and then the um you know the, the three years after that to yeah. to get um get your thing so, yeah yeah i mean i was there, there a really long I time i was there for most of that so. <laughs> yeah, you were there from the beginning stages of grad school yeah all the i way remember when you like told me um like how long it would take and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> yep. i was like i'm planning on just going for these four years and then being done and i actually finished in like three years so <laughs> anyways but i think that it's um Kind of cool, though, how you can get, like, you can get certifications, though, as you go as well, like, in specialty topics. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really important, too. Like, we'll talk about, like, what, when someone is looking for a therapist, I think it's really important to know, like, what license their therapist has. So maybe they can treat them a little bit better. Maybe they're not the right fit and that kind of thing. But or maybe not the, the license really the, doesn't matter, but yeah. the special, if they're specialized in something, right, then right. That, that would be important. Yeah. Um, and just to backtrack a little bit. So just on the topic of mental health awareness, like, do you, why do you think it's important that we talk about this and are you as a therapist do you see like what are you seeing out there in the therapy world this month like are there any things that we need to be aware of (laughs) or is it just like any other month for you (laughs) i mean kind of you know it's like you kind of forget but i don't i mean i honestly don't do a lot of like social media stuff i I use instagram probably a couple times a week 
and maybe I'll check Facebook a couple times a month. Um, but other than that, I really do. so right. so I don't You're really know. I don't really know what's yeah. out there. <laughs> okay. um, so it's not much, you know. Like uh, sometimes I kind of forget, but yeah, um, it is. Yeah. So your question, just kind of being what um, <laughs> what's out there? Well, like, yeah, so. What do, What do you? Why do you think it's important that we have this mental health awareness month? And like, because I've seen several people like share different like mental health accounts and like share some statistics and things like that and i i know like as someone who has struggled with mental health it that conversation isn't always like when you tell somebody that you struggle it's either met with oh yeah i do too or it's met kind of like they don't really know what to say they're just kind of awkward about it or like they don't understand so like why as a therapist, like, do you think it's important to have a mental health awareness month? Well, I think it's fortunately in, in past, I don't know, maybe 10 years, even if that probably the most reached five years, especially since the pandemic, you know, things yeah. have definitely gotten a lot better around the mental health stigma, but, um, it's just something that is not, you know, it's, it's a soft science. Yeah. It's something that's subjective information. It's not something that you can see. Mm -hmm. So it's it's harder to it's it's harder to measure and and harder. To, it's not like you know if you have a broken leg, and you know you're you're you, there's no question that you're gonna go and you're gonna do something about that. Yeah. You know, but if you're experiencing depression, it's not as clear as to what's going on with you. Um, you know, it's, you, you, someone may not even know at all, you know, it's, it's totally invisible to them that you're struggling with something. Um, and so because of that, it's a lot harder to, um, you know, it's a lot harder to know what's going on and a lot harder to seek help for things that are, that's more, you know, you can't objectively see with your own eyes. And a lot of times, and sometimes you can, yeah. um, but you know, a lot of times you can't. Yeah. And so it's important to let people know that these things one that if you do have a mental illness like you're not alone and it's like it's normal and also to let people know like the signs to look for you know in other people too i think is important like and just knowing when to seek help and when to help other people and just yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the things like anxiety and depression are, are the, kind of the two biggest things to look out for. Yeah. Um, you know, both of those things are <clears throat> part of being a human being. You know, right. People say, I've never been anxious or I've never been depressed. Uh, they're lying. You know, it's just, it, it's, <laughs> you, you it's, it's yeah. happens. Those are normal emotions that we experience. It's normal to be anxious. Mm -hmm. It's normal to feel depressed. Mm -hmm. uh, when those things become clinical is whenever they start to get in the way with other parts of your life. Yeah. So if your anxiety is keeping you from doing things that you enjoy or keeping you from like doing things that you uh, are, are like valuable and meaningful to you um, or, you know, you're you're not doing certain things or it's like getting in the way of work or, or mm -hmm. some other form of life or your depression is keeping you from those things as well. Or, you know, things are not going well in, in areas of life because of anxiety and depression, then that's when it's it be, kind of becomes, uh, you know, a time to reach out to, for somebody yeah yeah and when someone is so say somebody recognizes those signs or maybe they're like i don't really know <clears throat> excuse me what's going on with me when 
they first start the process of looking for a therapist. Like, how do they start and like, how do they go about that? So the probably the easiest way to find a therapist and this is what I tell everybody to do is to go to psychologytoday.com. Um, you can always just Google like therapist, type in Google therapist in my area, therapist and whatever your zip code is. Yeah. Um, and if you go to psychology today, uh, there, I think it's even on the front page, there's a, there's a tab that says find a therapist and you can type in your zip code. Um, and you can, and it'll pull up, you know, all the therapists that are in your area. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there are going to be some check boxes where you can check, uh, what type of insurance that you have and potentially what you are, you know, what you, what you think you're dealing with, whether it be anxiety, depression, anger, self-esteem, you know, even like, uh, you know, postnatal stuff or just anything. Yeah. Um, postpartum. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, you can even on there filter out like, um, if you have a certain insurance, you can filter out like your the therapists that take. Yeah, that you can insurance. filter every insurance, male or female, yeah. uh, religion. Uh, yeah, you know, like there's so many different options of like. This is what I don't want in a therapist. Yeah. Uh, this is what I do want in a therapist. And then it's yeah. like, okay, well, here's some options for you. And this is where they yeah. are. Um, and then on that, it will, they'll pull up, they'll all have a picture. Um, some, some Psychology Today profiles um, have uh, like videos. I don't, I don't have one on mine, but like some therapists will record like a little introductory video of themselves kind of talking. Um, you know, they'll all have a picture. It'll, they'll all have like a little bio of something well, we about them. Um, yeah, work on your social media. I think, mine's, I think mine's pretty good. I, I've, I've put a lot of thought into <laughs> okay. my profile and I get a lot of, I get a lot of referrals that find me on psychology today. Um, yeah, that's so how I found some of my therapists I've had in the past. Yeah. So it's a really good resource and I think it's probably <clears> the best way to find a therapist. Yeah. And I think that's like makes it a little easier for people too, like because when you are looking for a therapist, it's like I don't know where to start. Like I don't know. Anyways, I'm pretty sure the first person I found at like my first therapist ever, I just googled. But the psychology today made it so much easier when I came when we moved up here and I was looking for somebody new. Um, it made it a lot easier. So, yeah. And they don't need to be, I, I also think, like, one thing to point out, too, is, like, um, what you always tell me is, like, go to, like, three sessions and, like, make sure that they're a good fit and, like, but don't give up if, like, if, if the first session feels like, oh, like, I don't know if I'm going to be if this is going to work out, you know? Yeah. And and um, it's, and it's also okay if it doesn't. So yeah, it's okay to like, be like, you know what? I think somebody else is going to help me a little bit better. Um, yeah, there's, there's absolutely no shame in that. Yeah. I tell all of the clients that I see for the first time, you know, if I am not, uh, if you don't think that I'm the, the a good therapist for you, I need to know that so that mm -hmm. I, so that, and then we need to communicate on, and then I want to help you try to find someone that is going to, uh, you know, give you the best care. Um, you know, I don't, uh, when you're, when you're seeing a therapist, you're talking about, you're talking about very intimate things. You're talking about your thoughts. You're talking about your feelings. A lot of this stuff, maybe you've shared with other people, but a lot of stuff, maybe you haven't. 
connect mm-hmm. and, and you're sharing this essentially with a stranger. Yeah. Um, and so it's really important that you, that you feel comfortable and that you feel, and that you have, you know, a similar vibe with your therapist. Um, and for a lot of people, I am that person and for a lot of people I'm not, and that's yeah. okay. Um, you know, your therapist isn't going to be offended if you're like, you know, I'm not, I don't think this is what I need, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then they're going to, uh, help you try to find something that would be better. Yeah. And I think that's really good that you help people that, you know, if, if they say, Hey, it's not a good fit. Like you help them find somebody else. I think that's really good. Um, that's really helpful. Ethically, a therapist is not supposed to be like, all right, see ya. Good, you know, good luck. Um, you yeah. know, it's, it's really our job to, okay. Like regardless of this is going well or not, you are in my care yeah. and I, it is my job to, and to allow that continuity of care, you know, to keep going uh-huh. with someone else. Like that's part of the, part of the job. Mm. So it's okay if you meet with someone and you don't think they're that great. <laughs> they may be great for someone, but yeah. it's okay yeah. if they're not that great for you. Yeah. Because it could be a personality thing too, or, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Or yeah. just the type of training that you have may be not, may not be what they need for their issues right like what type of therapy is out there like there's all different types of therapy right so there's so you got to think <laughs> about so you got to think about what you're experiencing what the mm-hmm. issues are that you want to work on the type of like person that you want to meet with mm-hmm. um what license they have so they need to be um they need to be an l they need to be an lpc licensed professional counselor or an lcsw I am not 100% sure what LCSW stands for because I'm not a social worker, but that is the equivalent of uh, LPC on the social worker side. LMSW is uh, the equivalent of an LAC. Um, So you want LCSW and LPC are the type of licenses that you want to look for because those two will be able to take your insurance. so once you've figured that out and you've kind of got to the point to where you're, you know, you're understanding, okay, let's say I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing anxiety. Um, you know, there's a lot of different blends of therapy that are out there. Therapy has, because it is very subjective and it's not, oh, your leg's broken. Uh, we're going to put it in a cast mm-hmm. because that's what you do when your leg's broken. You do yeah. this one thing um, and it gets better. Uh, yeah. For therapy, because it is more subjective, there are a lot of different types of ways you can go about, you know, solving problems um so a couple different types of therapy there's kind of your traditional what a lot of people think therapy is uh just kind of talk therapy which Mm -hmm. is you know you just kind of come in uh the therapist is usually going to be pretty reserved it's going to be um you know more of a more of a a, take a passive approach you know more of a more of a friend in a way of Mm -hmm. someone that you're going to go and you're going to vent and kind of talk about your issues uh and they're going to give you probably some very passive feedback um, and that sometimes that works for a lot of people, um, just to kind of have that, you know, thing that they go and they kind of get all their stuff out and then they, you know, kind of go on about their week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's an option. Um, and that's, you know, lots of like person centered therapy mm-hmm. is, uh, kind of a, a type that's a bit more called a bit more talk therapy. Um, there's also, um, EMDR, which is, uh, focused on more like trauma centered issues. So if you are someone that has 
uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, if you have experienced you know, like a near-death experience, um, you know, something life-threatening or mm-hmm. something in your life that's just kind of has, it's, it's just, you're just feeling stuck in a certain <clears throat> incident of your life and experiencing trauma. Um, EMDR, uh, it has to do with uh, rapid eye movement. Um, and it's a way to get to the part of your brain that stores a lot of that trauma that actually can't be accessed through talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, I've, I have, um, you know, I'm not, I, I don't do this. Uh, this is not something that I have a specialization in at all. And I definitely am not, um, as knowledgeable about it as some, of uh, some of my coworkers that do, uh, do EMDR. Um, but basically what it is, is it involves a lot of rapid eye movement and that you will, uh, either watch, um, you know, you'll watch like a, uh, maybe it's a, a device that has like, uh, some like lights on it that will go back and forth that you'll kind of focus on, uh, with your eyes, or maybe the therapist moves their arm in a certain way and you focus on that, or maybe you're just kind of focusing on another object. Uh, and while you're doing that, you're talking and processing the trauma, uh, that you've experienced and it's, it accesses again, you know, that, that very primal uh, part of the brain, uh, really kind of more in like the spinal cord area that, um, stores a lot of that stuff that, yeah. that we just can't. I just think this type of like therapy is really, no, it's incredible. Incredible. Um, Cause it's like there, it's so much, there's so many tools out there to help people that have that trauma. And like, you know, somebody that does like, um, what what is it called? Brain, so this, it's brain, brain spotting is is similar to that, and it's I'm actually like he's done it with me before, uh, but it's very it was actually before we moved up here, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it was honestly were, like, pretty life changing. Very, like, we were struggling with the decision to move, and you were like, you are struggling. There's with a it. lot of stuff involved yes. in in why you know we yeah. couldn't really like make that decision, but yeah. that that whole process really helped me with come to terms with it and allow me to process a lot of stuff but brain brain spotting is different than emdr uh but it, it does a similar thing where uh the therapist has a wand like they literally will whip out like this metal wand and expend <laughs> it uh and it's got a little ball at the end of it and this and was you... a friend that was like practicing uh but it's probably wasn't like legit no i'm just kidding yeah, but it's uh you know and you and oh no he was no he's incredible no, he no, definitely was I'm legit. Saying, like, he had, he he had legit, all the stuff uh required to to do it and was yeah. and was utilizing it well but uh you put headphones on and you listen to music um and you stare at this ball and uh you, you stare at the ball and you stare at the wall behind you and you stare at the ball and you stare at the wall behind you um, and you get into this state that's like kind of hypnotic in a way, uh, and you just are silent. You just you do not talk. You sit, you listen to the music, and you like that part of your brain that you access. You just live there for a little bit, for like thirty minutes, and you're just in those thoughts. And then the therapist will check on you every now and then, like take the headphones off. Let's talk about what you're thinking about. Let's process what's going on. You know, let's kind of do this, this, and that. Um, but it's it's similar to EMDR. I think it does a lot of the same stuff. Um, but those, so they're not, they're not hypnosis, you know, that's not, uh, really, I don't know. There's a very, I don't know. There's a lot of evidence, uh, for that. I could be wrong, but I, I don't know of anyone that does like hyp- hypnosis yeah. therapy. Um, I have heard of that though. Yeah, and no, like, it's a, it's a thing, but yeah. I don't know that it, you know, I don't know that it's, it has as much evidence to say that it works as something like EMDR or brain spotting. Right. Um, I do think the EMDR has more evidence than brain spotting. Uh, that's typically the, a lot of people are getting, um, you know, like a treat, a certification for that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
for a lot of trauma stuff, you know, if I have someone that comes to me and they are just really stuck in trauma, uh, and it's like very intense trauma and stuff that like we can't work through in the type of therapy that I use, mm-hmm. um, I refer them to someone to uh, get EMDR. Yeah. So, and you do a special type of therapy as well. Yeah. And you, you specialize in a specific topic as well, too. Yeah. So I, um, <clears throat> what I do is cognitive behavioral therapy, and there is a there's a um, uh, and underneath the umbrella of cognitive behavioral therapy is a lot of different types of techniques that get used for uh, just about every type of um, issue or mental health disorder that's out there, mm-hmm. um, and so it is the leading treatment for for just about everything. Uh, that's there um, because it is uh, one reason why it's the leading treatment is because it is very, very objective and very yeah. evidence based. Yeah. Um, it's very structured. It's very um, it is not uh, talk therapy. Yeah. Um, it's very um, you have homework, you like have homework. I was seeing somebody that did it and um, I wasn't able to finish because of my insurance ran out. But anyways. Um, but it was very, <laughs> I would like to go back and finish it because it was very effective for me and it was totally different than any type of therapy I've ever done. Like it was very much like you do the homework, you talk about it and you have action steps like, yeah. and you have a plan also to like, like once you're done with the workbook or whatever you're doing my therapist there had like a workbook that we were working through um and then like you're essentially like you know if you're better like you essentially yeah. get relieved so the so the and, point of yeah. it and, and what i tell everyone is that you know my goal for you as a client is for you to be your own therapist yeah. you know like what i'm going to do is i'm going to teach you everything that i know mm-hmm. as as to like what I, i'm going to just pull the curtain back and we're going to do all the things we're going to talk about all the things that a therapist would do in a session yeah um and really like you're going to kind of learn how to do that on your own you're going to learn how to be your own therapist mm-hmm. um the the goal of cbt is eventually for you to get out of therapy you know for you eventually to uh, learn the skills that you need to manage the things that you have going on and for you mm-hmm. to use those skills independently and to, um, you know, at, at a certain point, whenever you're, you're using the skills and you're like, you're, you're feeling better. And like, it's been very consistent with like the things that you're doing and things are going well, mm-hmm. you know, we reduce the amount of sessions that we, that we have, uh, to the point to where like, it's, it's the goal is to get to an as needed basis to where like, you know, we don't have anything scheduled, but, um, you know, it's like, if you need it, you can come have a session, but if not, you know, where you're, you're good, you know, yeah. kind of finished. Of course, like things are going to come up, right, you're right. not going to be like healed perfectly, but you have seen a lot of people like do really, really well. With if it. people, if people do the work, it is incredible how quickly someone can recover from whatever life it is. Changing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's because it's like, yeah. What so what cognitive behavioral therapy is? Um, it's this idea that uh, our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors or reactions are all connected to one another. So cognitive mm-hmm. cognitions, your thought process, uh, behaviors being the the things that you do, the way that you react, um, and that if we can change those things, then it can change how we feel. That our mm-hmm. thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are all connected. Um, so if we're in a situation and we change the way that we're thinking about that situation that can change how we feel and how we are acting. 
mm-hmm. we change the way that we act or we change our behavior, put ourselves in a different situation, mm-hmm. that can change how we feel and what we're thinking. Um, it's important to understand that it's not the situation that leads to our reaction. It's the way that we think about that situation that then leads to our reaction. Um, so that's really the foundation of what we do in CBT is understanding that and then understanding how someone's thoughts, uh, the understanding that like building awareness of someone's thoughts. And if the way that you are thinking, uh, for example, like if you're doing what's called a cognitive distortion, which is, um, uh, you know, a a thinking error or a thought that's not really based in a lot of evidence, Mm -hmm. uh, something like mind reading where, you know, I think that I know what you think. I'm basing all of my okay so you know Brene Brown she (laughs) she tells a story in one of her like speeches sorry to cut you off (laughs) but she talks about how like her like there's there was like an instance where it's I think it's part of like her documentary but or maybe her TED talk I can't remember but she talks about like how her and her husband go on a vacation together and like she thinks that he's like mad at her, but really he just like misheard her. And she, um, anyways, it's yeah, a whole I, I thing, it's and a, it's like a whole scenario of like, oh well, I thought you were mad at me, but really it was just all a misunderstanding. And I think like when you told me about the mind reading thing, I was like, oh, like I do that a lot. A lot of times, that's where a lot and, of like social yeah. anxiety comes from. It's like you know, I don't want to do this because I'm worried about what someone thinks about me. Yeah. Or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go here or I don't want to be around this person because yeah. they think this about me. Yeah. And it's like, well, how do you really know that? You know, right. you don't actually know that. And yeah. if you and if you don't have any evidence to say that that's true, yeah. then that thought may not be worth your time. Yeah. So we, and that, that's like really life changing for me because I do that all the time. <laughs> I'll be like, well, I think they think that or whatever. And you're like, what do you like? What are you telling yourself that they are thinking about you and i'm like this is and this and he's like and like why do you think <laughs> how, do you, how do you know that how you do know? you know like, that and you... i'm like yeah you're right you have a but like i i liked how Brene like um she phrased it like the story i'm telling myself is this right so that's and... a so that's a good like <clears throat> that whole thing was context around like a uh, couple's conflict and like right. how you can communicate to your significant other that uh, you are mind reading. So, yeah. uh, so avoiding, um, this is a whole other thing, but, uh, you know, when you're in a conversation, oh, you're, in an, you're in an argument, you know, yeah. avoiding, um, but that has helped me with you. Like, I'm like the story that I'm telling myself is this. But like, what you do though is, is you're avoiding you statements because yeah. when you use you statements, you become accusatory. And it's like, you think this, or you think this about me, or you yeah. did this. And now we're, now I'm, now it's hostile. Now I'm on guard. Mm -hmm. But when you use a phrase like something like the story I'm telling myself is that you are thinking this or or that. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm not not what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking at all. Like I'm, and it does kind of open up a dialogue, but yes, I guess when you aren't talking to the person, like say it's just like a coworker or a friend and you're like, oh, well, I, I think they're thinking that I'm this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're just making up this story in yeah. your head of like. Another example of, of a thought that, that gets people a lot is uh, really, I guess, two other examples that are probably good to mention. Uh, one is called selective abstraction, where mm-hmm. you, you choose to only see uh, the negative aspects of a situation. So it's like maybe you made a mistake or maybe you 
uh, you know, let's say you, you get a performance review mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you have one and then they're like out of five or whatever. And mm-hmm. most of your, most of your things are five out of five, but mm-hmm. you got one that's like two out of five. Yeah. And so it's like <clears throat> selective abstraction is we abstract that one, we extract everything else around that one selective piece mm-hmm. and that it's like, well, this means that I suck or this means that I'm horrible because I got this one, one out of five, yeah. whenever like really as a, the whole story is that, well, look at all these fives that you got, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe you need to improve in this area, but that doesn't mean that suddenly you're worthless and not good at anything at your job, you know? And so, right. <clears throat> so it's just like all about how you choose to think about these situations. Um, you know, another big one is called catastrophizing where we, uh, you know, we, cr- we create an imaginative scenario. Another way to, to another thing to call this one is fortune telling. We create an imaginative t- scenario of something we, that we think is going to happen mm-hmm. uh, that we actually don't really have any evidence to say is going to happen, but it's a possibility and it could happen. Yeah. Uh, and but we base all of our thoughts, feelings, and reactions in this moment in the present as if that thing has already happened, right. and it may not even happen. And so that's yeah. wasted energy. Yeah. And so we need to take a look at that and to say, is this worth your time to think about? And if it's not. What are some ways we can think about it, or how can we let this go? Yeah, um, I did that a lot during the pandemic, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. Yeah, we yeah. had a lot of conversations because I, I would be like, I let my mind go to so many like bad places during the pandemic. I'd be like, I have, a, I'm sniffling today. I'm gonna <laughs> kill somebody. You know, like I yeah. literally like because I thought I was going mm-hmm. to like spread you know, COVID or whatever I had that, whatever ailment I had that day. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I so, only had COVID <clears throat> once, but you know, I just, I think like I, um, I definitely became more aware of that, that I did that during that time. That's like a very extreme example. I feel right. Like, but. So, but that is a good example of, of like how, but it's like how you're thinking about this, you know, obviously, but not everybody so it can't be the situation no. that then leads to reacting and feeling that way. It's the way that you think about that situation. Yeah. You put a thousand people in the same situation, they're not all going to react the same. So it can't be that. It has to be what you think. And so then the behavioral piece of it is, you know, how are your behaviors potentially getting in the way of your life? You know, mm-hmm. are you spending all day in bed? Are mm-hmm. you, uh, what's your screen time like? You know, mm-hmm. are you, or what, like, uh, it's like, are you looking at, uh, Instagram or TikTok for four or five hours a day. You know, what could you be <clears> doing and asking yourself the question, is that is those things that you're doing, are they meaningful and enjoyable to you? Yeah. And if whatever you're doing with your time is not meaningful and enjoyable to you, it's probably why you're feeling depressed. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, how can we look at these behaviors that you're doing and how can we replace them with more enjoyable, meaningful, and valuable tasks? Yeah. Um so I've definitely had to reevaluate my time as well before. (laughs) So, you know, I have a, (laughs) I do enjoy, sometimes watching TikToks though is enjoyable. And and if if watching TikToks is meaningful (laughs) and enjoyable to you and and it's adding value to your life, then great. But no, when it becomes a problem, yeah. But if it's not, then it needs to be like replaced with, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, seriously, like if TikTok checks those boxes for you, awesome. If it doesn't, yeah. do something else. Yeah. And so... If you're spending your time on TikTok, like, or Instagram or whatever, comparing yourself and being like, 
I'm such a horrible person or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like that's definitely not a good way to spend your time. So there's a, there's CBT is, is a very, it sounds, you're, I'm trying to break it down in a simple way, but it's a yeah. very complex, uh, you know, process of, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're, you're coming in, you know, typically a session is going to look like you come in, you talk about your week. That's kind of the talk therapy part is like the first 10 minutes or so. You just kind of chat about how things have been going. Um, then each session you have an agenda, uh, an agenda of like something either, you know, usually the client will set the agenda. Uh, but if someone comes in and they don't have an agenda, I'm like, why are we here? And you know, what, 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 what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, and so, uh, trying to help them, you know, stay on track with the goals that they have for therapy. Uh, mm-hmm. that agenda usually involves talking about different ways that they can do all the things that we just did talking about, you know, type of thoughts that they have and what they tell themselves that those thoughts mean about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of getting to the point to where we take everything that we talked about in the session and develop an action plan. Say, okay, mm-hmm. in between each session, you're going to have homework and you're going to have things you're going to be doing. Uh, they're going to, you know, like if you're going to like be your own therapist, you're going to work on this stuff. You got to be doing work outside of the therapy session. Um, and so, you know, we create an action plan, which is usually like one or two things, you know, that they can be doing throughout the week in between yeah. sessions. Um, and so my analogy for, for, CBT is something more like physical therapy where like if you mess up your leg or whatever and you go to physical therapy, which I recently have just done, um, and they, you know, you go to the physical therapist, but when you leave that session, you don't feel like the world has changed. You know, you're not better. Uh, right. but that physical therapist has taught you some stretches and some things that you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And if you don't go home and you don't practice that stuff and you don't do those things that the physical therapist told you to do, your legs aren't gonna get better. You know, yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to improve, you know, um, you can't just do the stuff that's, that's in there with that, with that therapist. So it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, when you leave a CBT session, you're not going to feel like everything's better, yeah. but the progress is made in between sessions. <clears throat> yes. And I like that about that because it kind of keeps it front of mind too. And it's like, okay, like I have these action steps to work on and I like am able to focus on it during the week because a lot of times with talk therapy I feel like you it's like oh I'm gonna save this up for my session like you know anyways and it does kind of allow you to like work it out in the week before you have therapy by yourself so right and you and we are um we have talked for almost an hour (laughs) (laughs) but um I wanted to ask you, um, I think this is also really interesting, but, um, so you also specialize in, um, like a certain, like a certain area of mental health. So we're kind of going through kind of the long process of what your therapist does, um, you know, understand the license, understand the type of therapy that that therapist Mm -hmm. does, but there's a lot of other types that we haven't talked about. Uh, this is the one that I do. Um, and then, uh, a lot of therapists will have specializations. So mm-hmm. specialization doesn't really mean anything in terms of like, um, like degree or license. Right. It's just like what that therapist does the most of and is mm-hmm. an expert. at. Yeah. Um, and so grief, for example, is, you know, we have, you know, uh, a therapist at our clinic, uh, that's a grief specialist. And mm-hmm. so his, what he does is he, you know, if I have someone that it's like they they are just lost in grief and I, I use the CBT skills that I know to do that help with grief mm-hmm. and we try to work through this stuff and they're, they're not getting where they need to be, you know, I'm going to send them to a grief specialist that's mm-hmm. good, that has extra training in grief 
yeah. uh, that's going to be able to help them. Um, trauma the same way, you know, it's like, that's why, that's when I would send someone to EMDR. Um, and so, but my specialization is, um, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and so I have extra training in, uh, OCD, um, and do, uh, what's called exposure and response prevention, which is a type of therapy that is underneath the umbrella, um, of CBT. And I also think like, as we're talking about, like back to our main point is talking about mental health awareness. What, how would you like in simple terms, (laughs) um, how would you describe like OCD? And like, I think that a lot of people think that it's one thing and it's, there is a big misconception about OCD. And a lot of people actually probably have OCD and don't realize it um, or have OCD tendencies and don't realize it. Like, yeah, so probably 70% of the clients that I see um, have OCD and uh, really kind of what OCD is, is it's not just, um, oh, I, this picture straight and it's not straight and that freaks me out or like, you know, I need to wash my hands a lot or like things are not clean and I like things to be clean or I like things to be organized. Um, OCD gets used as an adjective a lot. Um, that's not what it is at all. Um, OCD involves experiencing an intrusive thought, um, about anything could be, um, and it could be this baby monitor, you know, I could have an intrusive thought about that. I could obsess about that. Um, and I could have to do certain things in order to make sure something doesn't happen. So usually it's an intrusive thought about something that then leads to a lot of discomfort. And then there is a compulsion that happens typically to prevent whatever that discomfort was. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people that do have kind of the, the contamination OCD, uh, which is one of the most common ones, um, is like it's not just they like things to be clean. You know, maybe it's that they are afraid that they're going to uh, they're going to get HIV or that they're going to uh, they're going to get Ebola or, or like something like something that's just like so far out there, you know, Mm -hmm. that it's not just like, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get sick. It's not, I'm going to get sick and I'm going to get sick and I'm going to die or I'm going to get sick and I'm going to get someone else sick Mm -hmm. and they're going to die. And if I don't wash my hands, I'm going to kill someone. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, it's, it's more, it's more along the lines of that. Um, There's, there's, I feel like that's what happened a lot in COVID. Like if I don't wear a mask, if I don't wash my hands, like, Right. I am I'm directly going to be the cause of someone else getting it and dying. The pandemic was the worst thing ever to happen uh, yeah. for someone with OCD because a lot of that yeah. stuff, what people were talking about on the news, like, oh, wash your groceries, you know, like spray down your mail uh, and stuff like that. And like those are potentially the type of compulsions that someone with OCD might yeah. have. And suddenly that's being justified like it's something that they have to do in order yeah. to, you know, keep people from dying. Yeah. Um, and so... The, you know, other types of OCD are... And we are um, not saying don't wash your hands or don't. Like, we... <laughs> right. You we know, wore we a mask and we washed our hands, like... Absolutely. Because we were just trying to be good citizens, but... Um, but it's important to ask yourself why you're washing... Are you washing your hands because, like, it's just proper hygiene is what you do. That's why I take a shower. Mm-hmm. Or am I washing my hands because if I don't do this, someone will die. I will yeah. kill someone. Yeah. Um, then that's different you know, um, a similar thing. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of OCD around religion and like scrupulosity, um, praying, uh, obsessively praying is something that, that, uh, people do a lot. Um, you know, if I don't pray this certain way, that means I'm going to go to hell. 
Um, if I don't, uh, you know, do this certain thing in this certain way, it means I'm going to go to hell. Or if you're not religious, it means I'm a bad person. It means that I'm like innately bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't, uh, you know, sometimes that's like if I, so like if I step on cracks, uh, then that means I'm bad. Or if I, uh, you know, do what if I like things have odd numbers, then those are bad. Yeah. Um, so that's another, there's like, there's like 13 different like blends of OCD. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not necessarily like in the DSM, like they're not like diagnosable, you know, like parts of this, mm-hmm. but they're just subtypes that because they are so common, uh, you know, there's just what, it's just different themes that are, they're very, um, you know, yeah. they're just easy to do. But so it's, it's really kind of down to, I had an intrusive thought about something uh, and that thought was like, that thought really bothered me and it made me really uncomfortable. Um, and then, you know, I, if I don't do something about this, something bad's going to happen. And then they do that thing. And what that does is whatever that compulsion was that they did, it reinforces the need to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they get stuck in this, well, why am I even doing this? I don't know. I'm just doing it because, uh, you know, that part of the brain just gets stuck and you need to do this. And if you don't, bad things will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, is that is that an explanation of yes i think that's a really good like broad description about it and also just like i think it's just important to know that it's not just like in fact a lot of times it's not even like like people that are keeping their house clean or whatever that just means that they are organized (laughs) it means that they're clean like it doesn't mean that they have OCD so um it gets tossed around a lot and sometimes I'm like now that I know the information I'm like Ooh, I'm like no you don't have OCD <laughs> but I'm like you know I think that there's just a lot of that just goes to show that a lot of like things with mental health like are so misconstrued and like there's not a lot of information out there mm-hmm. when it comes to mental health yeah. um so and anyway, the bottom the bottom line is yeah. just obsessing about something yeah. and then trying to do something to make sure that that thing doesn't ever happen. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes it's not physical. Sometimes is a term that's called pure OCD. Yeah. Uh which is where the compulsion is just rumination. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they have a thought about something and then maybe it's something that's like uh, a false memory OCD or real event OCD where someone did something in the past or has convinced themselves that they did something wrong in the past mm-hmm. and they don't have any physical compulsions about that but their compulsion is that they continue to um think back on those memories yeah. or they continue to like retell events mm-hmm. uh confessing often is a big compulsion of like i need to go to my partner or my friend and i need to share this with them and to make sure that like it's okay to make sure that like i'm not a bad person yeah. or to make sure that i'm not this horrible thing um, you know, or, or just kind of to just think about it, you know, like, let me, let me think about all these things that happen to make sure that like, it doesn't line up with whatever bad thing yeah. this is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, a lot of times people have OCD and you would never know that they do. Yeah. I would say most of the time. Yeah. But I think that's why it's so important that we get information out there, like that the world acknowledges, like these are things that can, and they can, you can be helped. Right. These yeah. things, you know, like there is help out there and there are resources out there. Um, but I think just knowing, like identifying and being like, okay, like this is what this is. I think that this might be what I'm struggling with. And there is hope, like in like being able to help somebody with that. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, it, it, <clears throat> because it, OCD really can like take over your life and like is. it's so debilitating and like it's just I think it's just really important that people know like you can get help and even just like I mean depression and anxiety is also debilitating. I mean I've dealt with that my whole life, you know. Um, and that can also be really debilitating as well. Um, I think it's just important that people know, like, there are resources out there. And just, like, I think the information that you gave us is really, really helpful because um, now people know, like, how they can find a therapist and kind of what to look for and what to expect. And I don't know. I just, I am fascinated by this subject. And we have, like, we've already talked for an hour. I can keep but going. I think I know you can. Um, like I feel like we just barely scratched the surface on some of these topics. But um, maybe if people are interested, we can do like a, a part two, a deeper dive. Uh, but send some I questions. Do, yeah, send questions. Um, but I think um, just overall, like with Mental Health Awareness Month, like I think it's just important that we acknowledge that like it's a very common thing to have these issues and what would you say like most people you say everybody usually has mental health issues i think i think everyone i think everyone does and i think everyone i think everyone does need to go to therapy everyone yeah yeah the world would just be a better place if we all went to therapy (laughs) but um but yeah i think um just there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to mental health and i mean we've even talked to people sometimes like about your job like we'll be like yeah he's a mental health therapist and like people just are like oh what what does that mean you know yeah like like, they just don't know (laughs) and it's like you kind of have to like i don't know but there's so there's just so much so much um so many different types of therapy and so many different types of therapists out there. But um, I definitely think like finding what's best for you and like just having those systems in place. Like we didn't even talk about this, but like, uh, you know, postpartum and all of that is like a huge um, issue that I feel like doesn't, I think it's getting talked about more nowadays, but I definitely think like, it's so common for like women to have like postpartum anxiety and like I always heard about postpartum depression, but I didn't even realize like postpartum anxiety is a thing too. Um yeah, yeah, postpartum and, anything. Yeah, like. yeah. And it's just like I think like I knew like going in, like, okay, I'm gonna like I had therapy sessions like lined up um during my maternity leave and all that, because I was like, I know personally, like it's going to affect me, but I know, like, some people, like, you know, it takes them by surprise. It's like, oh, I've never felt this way before. Well, also, and the assessment anyways. that they give you is an absolute joke. Yeah, like, <laughs> I took the assessment at the end. Hey, the- you, you think about killing yourself? No? Okay, you're good. Go ahead yeah, and leave. Like, like that's pretty much it. you just had, like, you just had a baby, and, like, I remember, like, I scored really low on mine because I... I, well, I was, it was, like, eight questions, and I remember <laughs> looking at it, and I was like... What is this? This is horrible. And they were like, um, like, and I was like, well, I have a therapist. I was like, I'm on medication. I was like, actually, I don't know if I was on medication. Not while you're pregnant. No, but, um, which I think some medication is okay. I mean, it probably would have been fine, but yeah, because I was on a really low. Yeah. Um, but 
I just remember like being like, like, <laughs> I don't know, like about this test, but like, yeah. um, I do think like it needs, I also think it needs to be given like maybe like two weeks after because when you're in the hospital, they give it to you like hours like, after yeah. you're given birth. Like <laughs> you're just so, I mean, me personally, everybody's experience is different, but like me personally, I was just so overwhelmed with like everything and people were in and out of our rooms and I was just still trying to figure out like everything. And, um, I don't think it had quite set in that like I was like now a mom and like that I had to take this child home <laughs> and take care of her, you know? Um, and so I'm just like, and it's just like kind of like exciting too. Yeah, a I mean, bit. you really, and, the protocol really should <clears throat> be to take it. I mean, you take it then. But then yeah. take it again, like to give it to you again in a totally different assessment, not whatever that was, um, yeah. of to give it to you like during your next appointment, you know, like, yeah. and then like your, your follow up, you know, like all that, because like, it's going to change and like yeah. your things are going to be so like just all over yeah. the place. And it's. And just like providing those resources, I think they need to do a better job of just providing yeah. those resources and being like, hey, like if you need help, like these are the therapists that you can call or like, this is, you know, this is what you can do because it was like, I mean, if I hadn't have already been in therapy before, I just know like it probably would have been a lot harder for me personally. Um, and then I did end up getting on anxiety medicine um, because I was so anxious about things. Um, so. Anyways, but yeah, I guess like what is your, <laughs> we've talked about a lot, but like, um, what would you, like, how do you think we need to go about talking about mental health and how do you think we can end the stigma of mental health? I mean, no, we personally <laughs> are not going to end it together, lead the charge. <laughs> but yeah. like, what do you, how do you think, like, what do you think needs to change? And, like, do you think that, um, that we're headed towards, like, ending that stigma? I, I mean, I think we're headed there. I think yeah. it's, a, it's a long ways before then. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that there are, um, you know, just situations where it's, it's seen, like experiencing an, an issue with mental health is seen as weakness or yeah. um, is seen as like you're, you're like, you have like, for some, it seems like there's no difference between, oh, I'm a little anxious to, I have schizophrenia and I need a lobotomy or something like, you know, it's Which like, no one needs. <laughs> no. And that's not a thing, but it's, like, but that's sometimes how extreme it yeah. seems, you know, whenever people talk about it and it's yeah. like, it is normal. It's as normal as breathing. Because yeah. you're a human being, yeah. um, and you know it's it's a it's just a it's a primal thing. You know, mm -hmm. we go back to to, to the to the primal times of cavemen running around, and it's like, well, we gotta. Well, my my survival instincts are kicking in. I'm 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 anxious mm -hmm. uh, because there's well, whatever's over there trying to eat me. Yeah. Um, and now we experience those same things. But instead of oh, there's a tiger in the room trying mm -hmm. to kill me. It's that what does that person think about me? Um, it's yeah. the same, but it's the same response. And so we need to understand that like, it's not going away. Mm -hmm. it's, gonna, it's like, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to continue to be a problem. Um, so if it's going to continue to be a problem, like we need to, we need to 
accept that it that it is a problem and yeah. uh, be okay with reaching out just like you would if you had a broken leg or something yeah. else. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I just want to end this podcast um, with letting you know, like, if you are struggling or have struggled, like, you aren't alone for sure. Um, and like you said, like, most people probably need to see a therapist anyways, <laughs> but, um, but like, truly, like, you are alone. And if you've experienced, um, you know, things around um, postpartum and all of that, like, definitely um, try to put those systems in place before, you know, before baby gets here. And also, if you know um, a friend who just had a baby or whatever like I think it's important to keep checking in on them and like make sure that like you are showing up for them because that time really is so hard um at least I feel like it was for me um but and also if you notice like your friend um like I just think just keep checking in on your friends, like no matter what. <laughs> but like, um, yeah. So I actually, I actually did uh, look at social media today, and yeah. I saw, uh, which was it was really sad, and it, and it hit me hard. But it was a, it was a meme. They're not really a meme. It's an image, yeah. um, of Heath Ledger, and it uh -huh. said, uh, you know, everyone asks you, you know, how's your job going? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's how your how your kids doing? How much money you make? You know, yeah. what's like. What's the housing market like right now? You know, but no one ever asks, are you happy right now? Yeah. Mm. Um, and coming from him, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, someone needed to ask that guy if he was happy. Yeah. So it's, uh, I definitely think like, uh, I was saying in my last episode, like people reaching out to me, like whenever I, um, just had a baby and also, um, like, just in recent times, like going through all the stuff that I've been going through, like I think like I've had a couple people that continue to this day, like reaching out and just making sure that like I'm okay. And like I that it really has helped me and it's really stuck out to me. And like I definitely need to be better about being that person to other people. I think that I am kind of okay with at doing that but um but I definitely think like it's it's just a good reminder to like if you haven't heard from your friend in a while or like if you haven't you know if you're like oh like I this person came across my mind like um I think it's just important to like reach out and be like hey like I'm just thinking about you hope you're doing okay or like hey do you want to grab coffee or do you want to do this and like I just think it's important that we keep our people close and like I don't know and yeah. like also just be like you said like ask those questions of like I think that a way a way we can to work on the mental health yeah. stigma is to stop using the phrase how are you as a casual greeting and instead as the start of a conversation yeah yeah I like that because it's like, I think sometimes we <laughs> tend to just be like, 
Do you oh. really know how how you really yeah. want to know how I'm doing? Yeah. You know, because it's it's kind of turned into how are you good? Okay. Yeah. You know. Um. I think just paying attention to those around us and like, you know, <clears throat> making sure that we're, um, just checking in on our people and yeah, yeah and asking yeah, how are you really and what can I do to help and all that so. Well said. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I mean, none of us are perfect, but not, I, not I definitely think like just kind of having that awareness and like being reminded, like, okay, this is what we need to be doing. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> that is all for this podcast episode. I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at coffee, C-O-F-F-E-E, with Casey, K-A-C-E-Y, at gmail.com. You could be so nice and leave a review or rate my podcast if you want. That would be so appreciated. Um, I always appreciate when people um, do that. And um, be sure to check out my website, as I mentioned at the beginning. Um, and... Get those prints. Get those no prints if you want. They're cool. <laughs> They're very cool. Uh, <laughs> endorsed by my husband. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Um, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>